Peace Claw Culture fans. So once again, we have some buzzing and clipping with my vocals only because somehow, some way, Zoom does not like high-end microphones and brand new interfaces and microphone preamps. I don't know. It's driving me insane. So we did a test run before we recorded and then after we recorded and I'm editing the episode, I can hear the same little buzzing and popping and clipping here and there. So my apologies. If, if you know anything about Zoom and you're an audiophile and you can help me with this, please at me on Twitter at Zillabraca or at Pod. And uh, I, I can't watch any more YouTube tutorials that don't solve my problems. It's, it's bad. So we apologize again for the, uh, the audio hiccups. And now let's get to the episode. We need to talk about MC Hammer. Welcome to Call Out Culture Podcast with Alaska. Curly Castro and Zilla Rock. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Call Out Culture. You're on our new schedule now. It's our mm-hmm. schedule. God it's not yours. It's ours. We make up the goddamn schedule around here. It was, it was never your uh, schedule. No, it was always ours. Welcome to our world, bitches. Um, mm-hmm. I'm your host, Alaska. I'm here with Curly Castro. Mm-hmm. And I am also very quiet, Curly Castro, and uh, it's Zilla Rocca. And up? today we are going to talk about a uh, an artist that does not get the proper respect that I, I personally think he deserves. I used to hate him, but I, I've really sort of reevaluated his career the way like baseball statisticians sort of re reevaluated a lot of like on base percentage guys from back in the day. Where you know who's, like, who's that kind of guy is uh is Lou Whitaker. When yeah, Lou Whitaker. Lou Whitaker's Paul career, Molitor. incredible career. Yeah. Paul Molitor. Um, yeah, like yeah, all man. those like Pie Trainer from back in the day, like 1904 Pie Trainer, them type of dudes. Those dudes, exactly. You know I mean, Spiders McGee or some shit. So this is the this is the Spiders McGee of hip hop, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he really like Wade Boggs was like the guy that kind of like I remember growing mm. up. My dad was like, Yo, Wade I was like, Boggs. Wade Boggs doesn't hit any home runs. My dad was like, he gets on base every time he gets up. I was like, all right. Yeah, there was one year. Um, he he his stat line was when he was still in Boston, he like led the league in like hits, runs, total bases, doubles, average or some shit, and he finished like yeah. eighth in MVP voting. <laughs> yeah, because he hit like twelve home runs. He had twelve home runs. Yeah. He's fucking amazing. Yeah, fucking amazing. Nah, so, he's a bum. Yeah, he's a bum. He's a dirty drunk. Um, so today we're going to talk about MC Hammer. Hammer. And I, I don't know if this oh, is a lineage oh, of greatness oh, or oh. we need to talk about or whatever, but we need to talk about it. This is not yeah, lineage of greatness. I, I think that's probably more appropriate, but I think Hammer's a career that's an interesting career because for so long he was the punching bag. He was like, yeah. I mean, outside of Vanilla Ice, he was the rapper you didn't want to be. But I think when we look back on his career, we'll realize that what he was doing was really trendsetting and, and setting up like a foundation for hip hop to become like a billion dollar industry and sort of like right. a blueprint for like wild superstar success. Like he was the first superstar. Like the, I mean, they, the person you they, <clears throat> they call him that? a sellout because he did commercials. Yeah. And to think about that in the modern day sensibilities, like because he yeah. did commercials literally. 
Yeah. And, you know, now hip hop is used to sell everything. But back in the day, I think people, um, you know, thought he was uh, sacrificing some things to get a, a, a sponsorship line in where, you know, some directors, the whole movie is a, you know, a Michael Bay movie. The whole movie is an ad, you know. Oh, yeah. Every TV show has like mad product placement through the whole thing. You know, it's just it's just real interesting. Well, I was watching something on him and it the more interesting part was not so much that um it, it's 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 like why they vilify you know they needed a villain. Yeah. But um but also doubling back on that, how much hip hop is used in advertising today when back then we used to vilify Hammer for being in a Pepsi commercial yeah. when you know hip hop is used to sell Target products and sneakers mm-hmm. yeah. diapers and all that stuff but back then Dude, the, the held, first the first two minutes of the tom and jerry movie is the first two minutes of the tom and jerry movie is animated pigeons singing can i kick it yeah well what about like the kia commercial with uh the black sheep song hamsters rapping the black sheep shit oh yeah mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying so it's like and, and those are all dudes that were like fuck hammer yep very you know much. what I mean? <laughs> but but if you think about like Hammer being in a Pepsi commercial, at that time, the only two other recording artists that were in Pepsi commercials were Michael Jackson and Madonna. Mm-hmm. He was on the fucking level of those two acts. And- well, 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 how about this? Before we get into like his overall impact, because I feel like that's yeah. that's going to be the bulk of what we talk about. When What's your first memory of Hammer? Uh, seeing the Turn This Mother Out video. Turn this on, uh, on like Young TV Raps, I think, or maybe like Old Rap City with, with uh, what was his name? Chris Thomas, the mayor. Mm. I remember more of the, um, I don't know why I remember the, uh, they put me in the mix song. The um, Hammer, Hammer, I am Hammer. They yeah. put me in the mix. Like, um, but I don't remember thinking about the video. I remember. Yeah. Is know, that Here Comes the Hammer? Here come the hammer. Is it that joint? It could well, be. the main, it could be the main. The, I mean, obviously, the main video was, you know, um, oh, 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 you know, can't touch this. That was like his third album in. He had a bunch right. of videos before that. Right, right, right. But that's I remember. He was like the, regional. Um, the hammer. They put me in the mix. That's yeah. I remember that. Like as my first like audio experience with him, mm-hmm. and um, not seeing him in person at first. I guess helping all of us diehards or whatever. Cause it wasn't just, he was baggy. It was also flashy it was sequently. So I remember yeah. it being like, a when, when I, I don't know if nobody could see me, but it, when I first seen him, like he, you know, first came, like he, you know, all the boxes. Possessed. He had, he had a yeah. rat tail. He had cuts in the side of his head. Mm-hmm. He had the short buzz. The like there was a lot going on. He had, um, he had the gazelles, whether it be a leather, I saw mm-hmm. his outfit, it was leather strap or, the high-end sequence stuff, these things are made. Like those people gold were, chain were probably made gold one, chain on too. one by one, right? Yeah. So I, I remember that was a big thing. And then also, if y'all remember, he, you know, he wasn't sitting there like LL. Sometimes I sit in a room and now I look at my wall. There was 40 people with him for a yeah. minute, you know, yes. from, from 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 jump. So it's like he does right. the big stage, like so his performance pieces and videos are always the big stage stage pieces to carry right. all of his um, you know, his entourage or whatever. Yeah. So yeah, so I remember not here, not knowing him, and just going by the, you know, because if you just listen to, um, they put me in the mix. It could, it could go with any like disco song or any high end like song that you might use for exercise and that. It would, you know, whatever. So I didn't think 
Mm-hmm. You know, this is like revolutionary at first, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Until I saw him and saw that he came with like, you know, this guy's like Siegfried and Roy type shit. Like, you know, he has a full on <laughs> yeah, production. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I was the, reading the, about the, him. The, what's the name? Yo, yo real quick. Let, let, me, let me hit you with my, my joint. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. The, uh, the what's the name? Nah, because I was the youngest of you guys and he was, I didn't know who the hell he was until MTV started playing the shit out of the um, Can't Touch This video. Like that yeah. used to be on every hour on the hour. And then you started hearing it at baseball games, football games, basketball games, commercials for basketball. Like it was just, it penetrated every level. And if you think back then, like there's there wasn't a lot of songs to really use for that type of setting. Like a yeah. high energy dance song that everyone could fuck with and could fit every category of age bracket and can't touch this. Dun, 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 you know, the super freak shit. I mean, before that, can't it t- would like, be like the um like the high end um country songs that would be played on like, you know, like NFL. <laughs> I remember the eighties and NFL my honky tonky, like that type of stuff would be playing, you know, per se. Whatever was or like they would the play, they would play like what I like about you. Yeah, you really know yeah, how to yeah, dance. Like, those like that type of shit. Like <laughs> Gary Glitter. Yeah. Gary or some glitter. ACDC you know I mean? shit. It'd be like yeah, back like in black ACDC. or something like that. Yeah, I feel like it was the first rap song. I mean, maybe some Run DMC here and there, but not like You Can't Touch This, where that shit was on like MTV The Grime, MTV Jams, and then Kids Radio. Like that song Mm -hmm. hit every type of person. It was almost like, um, it was basically like a Michael Jackson record where it, like Michael Jackson records were designed, like literally him and Quincy, especially when they made Thriller, it was designed to appeal when they produced it to every single type of person to buy that record. I don't know if Hammer did that on purpose, but that song ended up appealing to every kind of person. And then for someone like me, who I was like, not even 10 years old, probably like the dancing, you know what I mean? Like him doing the run of man and the shoulders and shit. Like, <laughs> like Castro said, like the whole package of this dude. And then six dudes behind him with the matching leathers and spin around doing a fucking flip. And then, a, and then a split on the ground and he's yeah. rhyming. And the way he did the flow was so easy to memorize that song. Give me a song. Don't dance. God, they vote I got to lay back. Don't I can't have been like, see what I'm saying? It was like, there's a lot of, there's like a lot of gaps in that shit. So you could, you didn't have to be like super technical to, to, I mean, to it get was what dumb. he was saying and repeat it. <clears throat> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm bad. Um, it's just, it was like the advanced, like to me, it was like the hokey pokey, a song that right. you heard it about twice, you can get it. And there was a dance associated with it. And this is before yeah. like that becomes a thing. Now. Right. now me being West Indian, there's a bunch of songs that come out for me with a dance associated with it. You know what I'm saying? Not even like the literal um, yellow man stuff that came way later, but just like, you know, there was a Ooh. dance with the song. And mm-hmm. so um, I remember this being another like dance with the song, like the dance came ready made, like batteries, not like batteries included. So like right. um, um, another example for the listeners is like the Humpty dance, like yeah. songs actually instructing you what to do and then you know turn, then you, you could break down to other things turn it out so but this was like yeah you got like tootsie roll like, and... so but this one you're gonna get up I'm gonna right you're train. not gonna sit in your chair mm-hmm. and dance because he's showing you physically oh i'm the lead singer and i'm doing the dance mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that was always a yes. big you know example janet a lot of people that would do things michael even mm-hmm. um if they were doing the dance 
you were very much compelled. I, I can do that. You know what I'm saying? And uh, and the hammer dance wasn't that complicated like the main parts they were showing the shuffle. So everybody was doing it. So you got yeah. you got all the, you got the you got the flare. You know what I'm saying? The explosive entry. Even though this is late in terms of his albums, but after he did his own, you know, uh, local like um, merch god shit, you got the you know, so you got the mm-hmm. local celebrity feel. Okay. Got the dance incorporated with it. You know what I mean? Um, easily this becomes mm-hmm. like um, the anthem as and then also if you remember back then with hip hop they want to pick the cleanest best thing you know what I'm saying so they you know this was like yes. ma- manna to the corporate guys like oh man this is a great you know he's he was very much into kids remember and all that one stuff single was fucking yeah remember the one single we, we got to pray just to make, make it, it to today yeah, yeah, and he had the whole um, yeah, that, that was a big song. Yeah. yeah, that was a huge song. He had that song. Have you seen? Yeah, have you seen her shit? Tell me, have you seen her? No, I remember that. Was that. Just like um, some R and B shit. He had my, dancing um, machine. He wrote the dancing machine. What was that? Stop, stop this train. I want to get off. Well, how that went? No, that was that was Vanilla Ice. Vanilla Ice had that joint. Oh, that was Vanilla. That was Vanilla Ice. Song? Stop. Yeah, that was Vanilla Ice joint. Yeah, I, I want to get, get off. Oh, oh, yeah, that, that was some Vanilla Ice shit, bro. I had that tape. I had a two because that was like a remake of somebody else's song, right? Something. Yeah, it was a, that's like that was a remake song. of somebody else's song, right? It's a, it's a wait, it's like either Grateful Dead, Bowie, or Casey, and a Sunshine Band, or some bullshit. Oh. I don't remember. It's like stop. Yeah, the, uh, uh, going on? the Bowie shit was um yeah. Ice Ice Baby. It was him and uh Queen. Yeah, that was him, him mm-hmm. Queen. Yeah, the person. Yeah. But then, but but Peep does even Hammer flipping the Rick James Super Freak shit. I mean, what year did Super Freak come out? Like eighty three or something? Probably like maybe, maybe eighty, eighty one, eighty two. You're right. Like yeah. eighty one, eighty two. It's like early eighties. Eighty one. So Hammer Super hits. Freak, yeah. What, yeah. Okay. So what, what year does Please Hammer don't hurt him drop? Like 89, 90? Yeah, 90. 89. 90, 90 flat. Okay. okay so that song is yeah. not even ten years old yet, and he and and he recycles that shit. But he added like that that ill like synthesizer. Like he just put that shit like that 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 bay funk on top of it while he was doing his shit, you know, in the background. Oh, 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 oh. You know, I mean people were just like screaming and chanting. It was like he put um that's all such a he put the horns in there too. I think those are live horns. I don't know if that was part of the um if he did that like action with the band and shit. Because I was like, he had a did he have a band? He just he just took a band band. Back nah, there was that mostly it was like dancers and like so. DJ. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyway, so so now we're all aware of it. So Alaska, but before I I I hit you with my my experience with Hammer, you're about to go into the next segment. Okay. Oh, you. Why don't you go into that? Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> so so speaking of this record, this record is still the highest selling rap record of all time. Fifteen yeah. million over 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 eighteen million. Well, it's 18 now, but back then. Yeah. So within the first year, it did 14.5 million records. Yeah, yeah he did 15 damn. million out the gate. That's out the gate. He did 15. Jesus. So yeah, by the next year, when they, when, they were, when they were talking about the next record, um, you should have saw them. Um, which label, label is not priority? Was it priority or? No, it was um, Capital. It was Capital, I believe, yeah. It was Capital. It was Capital. So they was like, we're looking to get... Yo, yo. They said, no, but check it, check it, check it. They were like, um, you know, we're hoping that uh, we get 30 million on this record. They meant it. I watched a little news thing. So they were just thinking, oh, we'll just double up. 
And he, yeah, and he was all excited with these, yeah, these white executives, and they were like, "Yeah, we're hoping to get to twenty yeah. or thirty million with this record, and we mean it." And that's when he and did fucking. Like, he did too legit to quit. That was a he did he did five million on that record, and it was seen as a failure. Yeah, it was a failure. Yeah, it was a failure. Five million. Five million. I could say this as someone who was an active Hammer fan. Like I remember going to West Coast Video and renting the Hammer video series, where they put all his videos on a one VHS tape off that album, and it was like five or six songs. That album, like in terms of popularity and presence, it was always around for like two years. Like you would see that album, that CD, that tape, that poster, like it was just everywhere. And so for it to sell 14 makes a lot of sense because I just, it was always charting. Can't touch. This was always, like I said, in, in fucking every sporting event, commercial Pepsi. Like I, I would wonder how many, how many weeks was he actually charting with that record? Well, probably, you probably like have to go weeks, like on the probably got to go from the single just to single because yeah, because yeah, he, the other the other singles he released, they would they would they would chart too, you know. Um, mm-hmm. the so hold on, I'll, I'll pull that up for you right now. Yeah, like how many <laughs> weeks was that album just on the charts? Not like top ten or top twenty, just charting. Like how like Pink Floyd was like Pink Floyd was like twenty years on the charts with Dark Side of the Moon. Yeah, I'm trying to find out how long that was on the charts. If you go like to Wikipedia for it, it might maybe it say like chart presence. Or yeah, something. I'm I'm on that right now, looking at it. It, ha- it has to a lot be of peak at positions. Least, yeah, like a, at least two years just being on the charts week in and fucking week out. Because it just hit every type of person: an eight-year-old, a twenty-two-year-old, a forty-year-old man, woman. It didn't matter. Kids. That shit just. It was a secret ingredient, man. Like only twenty-one weeks. It for everyone mm. on the charts. Yeah. Wow. Nah, it has it has to be longer than that, dude. It has to be. That's what I'm thinking. But no way. That, on. That's only four months. That's like that's that's five months. There's no way he did. He it sold so many records months. in that first, but it sold so many records that first year. No. It was number one for right. twenty-one weeks. There it is. Sorry, that's a big difference. for five months. Yeah. He was number one for five months. Five months. I'm telling you, man. That's not, yo, Jay could never say that. Nelly, no. never. Eminem, never. There's not a single Nelly, rapper that could say never. that. Drake, Drake's probably the closest, and he's not. He's nowhere near five months number one. And you know what's ill, too? You said the album came out 89? 90. 90. Think about how, like, that song and his style is the perfect late 80s type of shit yeah high energy up tempo dancing like it's all there on that type of song on that record yeah it's, it's very like the the gas fumes of the 80s running into the early 90s about to get smacked so with like conscious rap and uh sort of gangster, gangster rap. rap yeah but well, like 92 because that's when Dre and Snoop. when you think about 1990s rap he pretty much was like the table that was holding up the entire industry, right? So totally. just his own records, like his own hit records. But how many people's right. careers were just based off of talking shit about Hammer? Um, well, so he, I, he, I went and looked back. Like the... he, um, like Ice Cube, you know, yep. he didn't actually say anything. But if you go remember, there was uh, one of the caricatures turned into a Hammer yep. person. Um, and the then, of course, something. 
And then, of course, uh, third base. It wasn't just yeah. with third base, like, because um, I was watching the doc- a documentary oh, that was focused yeah. on. They said they spent like a good 30 seconds at the end strictly talking about Hammer. They had the hammer yeah. that they knocked out and yes. said, gave a gas face. Yeah. And, then- it's, and it's an overdub. I don't even think it's in a line. So they spent like time visually. Yeah. Making a fake uh, big ass hammer that they knocked over, and then I think they did some one more thing, but they said gas hammer gets the gases like two or three times. Yeah, um, and quest. I didn't realize. <clears throat> yeah, I didn't realize how much oh, time was actually him. spent on. It's almost similar. Sorry, uh, it's almost similar to um, Biggie caricatures that yeah. Tupac would do. You'd be like, mm-hmm. "Dang, y'all did that much of the video, but you know what I mean." And when you look back on it, so yeah, wow. sorry. Yeah, so so he was. No, you're right. Like. Probably, I would say at least seventy-five percent of the industry was eating off of Hammer. In one way or another, yeah, we could say yeah. that. Yeah, he, yeah, he. I mean, he was like he—he he was what I, my whole Biggie theory. He's the original Biggie theory, where this dude created an entire economy around shitting on him and being anti him. Mm-hmm. So you had like later on with Biggie was like. All the all them dudes dissed him from OGC, J. Rue, fucking mm-hmm. Pac, all put that. Them on, put them on the all cross, that, and, you know, yeah, subliminals with cross. Nas, subliminals with Ray and Ghost. Like everyone yeah. was building their entire economy and marketing scheme around. We ain't that guy. Fuck him. We're that real shit. Whatever that is. And then with Hammer, it was the same way. It's like, oh, he's selling fifteen million. Yeah, but he's a corporate whore, sellout bitch fuck with us this is the streets is there this not is a legitimate whatever. question about third base's longevity if they don't make that pop goes the weasel if they oh, don't yeah. make pop goes the weasel not just saying that vanilla ice too right that's right. what i'm saying that was if they, but if they don't make if they don't make that song dissing those two people what does anything click there's, no. there's a question does anything you know click is, or hit? because you know what it is I, you know what it is castro would would would, would would aoc exist if trump didn't get elected it's like that type of push and pull. Oh, you're going to roll with this guy? We need to get a person who's the diametrically opposed. Oh, he's an old, rich, white, stuffy asshole? She's a young Hispanic woman from New York street level. You see what I'm saying? It's like she's, some, she's someone to rally against that like that type of shit. You know what I mean? Like, would she run? You know what I mean? If if Hillary got elected? I don't know. It's that Jedi it's shit. More so likely- like when darkness rises, the light will come to match it. Yeah, I mean... Right. yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, most modern day politicians, there's like the, um, I don't even like invoking their names, but the Majories and Bobarts and all of them, <clears throat> they want to be diametrically supposed. And they go, aha, uh-huh. since this, you know, since y'all have one of these, yes, then we'll come back with, 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 with our version of this. Yeah. And, um, right. but I always thought about, I, I'm just well, going back to, I just thought it was a curious question, just about them specifically, third base and that song. Third base. I mean, you know, live from the barbecue and all the other stuff, but like, would they have latched on without that song? And, and, and think about the classic entries into hip hop, how to mm-hmm. rob, you know what I'm saying? Like, um, dreams yep. of fucking RB bitch. Like, think about those and what they did. And the fact that third base did the exact same thing. I'm a diss something popular excuse me you know on right. some uh what salt and like pepper some did sporty to slick shit. Rick and them some sporty and, right and then right. it pulls it pulls you in when you respond to them who the hell are you to talk you know that's that's old Roxanne Shantae. let's see everybody um, wins everybody wins yeah. with that shit everyone yeah. wins yeah. bro because now you're, then, you're gonna check the shit that you're hating on and then the, and then the shit that is the the quote-unquote remedy and antidote you know what i mean like you're just promoting each other 
Yeah. That's it's genius. So Castro, that made me think of something else. You bring it up third base and the gas face, would they even exist or have caught on? Then if say that didn't happen because there wasn't a hammer, would there okay. have then been a Zev Love X and KMD That's ultimately long, bringing us into an MF Doom? That's a long stretch. I, I think we could say yeah, because their material, um, KMD's material wasn't like just rooted in. Like what I'm saying is that- uh, No, no, I understand they're not rooted yeah, in yeah. it, but I'm saying they got their break because of that. Because of that song, yes, indeed. Yeah. But I mean, like they had material. I don't know if their other material would have like, like, yeah, to like go further. Yeah. Um, okay. I mean, you're talking to somebody to so just realize this, hmm. um, what Peach Peach Fuzz really meant, like literally the other day. Wait, what does Peach Fuzz mean? Pussy hair. Oh. Yeah. Yep. But, I, so I really this. didn't know. I didn't think Peach All right, Fuzz, so peep this. You, know. you ready for this? Okay, I'm so Pop man. Goes the Weasel. Pop Goes the Weasel. All right. It it hit number one Billboard rap songs. That's That's the hammer effect. See? Yeah, you yep. diss and hammer gets you a number one record. Yeah, there you go. Like proofs in the pudding. So, but but I want to talk about something something related to this, right? Like one of the things that Hammer got so much shit for was taking already popular songs and basically just jacking that whole shit, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, bit. like taking Super sure. Freak, just basically running with that beat. In that very same right. year, a group from New Rochelle dropped a song called "Slow Down." Ah where they took oh, the damn. exact music from a song that came out a year prior. Mm. The Edie Brickell and the New Bohemian shit, which was a huge hit one year prior. Mm. And it became a hit and they're legends. Flash forward to 1991. Nice and smooth. Sometimes I run slow, sometimes I run quick. It's another yo. huge That's song from a year rap songs. Tracy Chapman's Fast, fast Car. It's the same yeah. exact shit. Yeah, it is. Um, it is. But I'm they're made heroes for it while he was vilified ice cream cone, honey, take color. You know, it's, Yo, it's definitely about the what, the what the public chooses to take. I mean, uh, I didn't. Yeah. I, I always remember being convinced a number of ways back in the day with hip hop. So, like with the nice and smooth song, there was a video. Like yeah. that always went a long way with me um, sure. turning their version into my into my frontal lobe in terms of like, what do I remember when I hear that guitar riff? I think yeah. I say I say the nice and yeah. smooth line. I don't sometimes say um, in a fast car. Quick, you know, quick, know, I don't quick. start doing the um, Tracy Chapman rap. Yeah. So, and then also, what, I get what you, where we're going last. This is this was standard practice back then. Yeah. And if you if and if you got offended by them taking it, that had to be like a purposeful choice because yeah. everybody was kind of doing it. So if you can't say mm-hmm. that you're a, a purist. Or, you know, uh, me and my MP die, you know, I go down, mm-hmm. you know, go down with the ship type shit because everybody was doing that. Like we all had, we all remember the famous um, Vanilla Ice saying, you know, that's theirs when ding, 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 ding. ding. But, you know, I was when oh, ding, yeah. ding, 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 That song was probably was 10 years old also, I, maybe. And I heard it and I was like, he is right that there is a little hitch, but it's not enough. You know what I'm nah, saying? There to, was none. To there make was, there it was like this no hitch. Original compost. He said it, ding, 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 no ding, 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 ding. I remember that was it. No, he, he just said that because they, they didn't pay to clear the sample on that joint. They decided to take their chances and that shit blew up. Yeah, yeah. Under ding, Pressure ding, came ding, out 81. Ding, ding. What's his yeah. name? Under Pressure came out 81. Ice Ice Baby came out 90. So he was same, same time frame. dipping in the well. Oh, real, real quick. Real quick. Uh, Gas Face, number yeah. five rap single. Number yep. five on the charts. See what I'm saying? Wow. It's the same way, like, that, even EPMD's biggest hit ever. All, but yeah. 
what what's mm. on but i was gonna like, say what, e- epmd's biggest hit ever is crossover yeah that's their biggest yeah. song chart wise yeah and it's about them saying never crossover you know what i mean so yeah it's 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 genius it, it's a fucking it's a cash grab for everybody so, but so it was, it, but it, standard, it, was um, it was standard hip-hop fair i just want to just reiterate about yeah. like we, we we like i said you figure out that salt and pepper was this and slick rick and dougie mm-hmm. fresh like everybody did that even yeah. though nowadays in current day we might think it's cheap but then i watched the whole thing right. on ja rule and 50 cent yeah. and if we're talking hammer and we're talking Same about thing. hating hating what you turn into that i'm like oh my god that's less 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 hating what you turn into one-on-one man I, yeah i, I destroy his career and more I than exactly what he does Yes, exactly. I just, I just, I just put exactly. a meme mug and on it. So, I do the same style. I just put a yeah. meme mug on it instead of a happy go lucky. And it, but also it was because I was watching another thing on them. But the thing with the fifty was the legitimacy. Jaro always had issues mm. with legitimacy, yeah. and he was never of that world. Fifty literally was True. of that world. Just happened to flip it. Yeah. So when you look at um, like what you're saying, Alaska, we were all going at Hammer. It, it was almost a whole industry standard. If we yeah. look through, um, Jay Rue probably has a few songs about it. If I'm um, Jay Rue, the damager, if I'm not, you know, the paper. certain songs, you can find certain pieces where everybody oh, yeah. took their shot, right? Everybody took their shot at um, ham- at Ice, but mainly Hammer. I remember there was a little bit more Hammer vitriol because we thought yeah. he was a traitor no, of some sort. Just... And, but, and you know, uh, yeah. Sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, and it would just pull you in, right? Like people yeah. would check in what you're doing. And I just think we're finally realizing that the gas face was pit and parcel this type of maneuver when i don't remember i didn't think about it like that back then that they were throwing jabs to get pulled into the scene you know what i'm saying i'm thinking they were just um you know typical b-boys yeah but you know search so, is a piece of shit so yeah, yeah. both of them are pieces of shit fucking uh yeah nice, nice, nice too yeah um oh, but I, I i read an interesting quote from ice t who was like one of the people that defended hammer and he was okay. like, I got no problem. Yo, yo, wait, 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 wait. Hold on, hold on. Why, why don't we take a break and then you okay. come back? Oh, yeah. Because anything with yeah, Ice-T, that, that, we, we need to like give that man space. I mean, it's, it's not that much of Ice-T. It's just a, a quick quote, but. That's a good break. Why, why, why don't we? Yeah, yeah, we'll take a break and we'll come yeah, back. Why, why, after the commercial break, you'll hear Ice-T's Thoughts on Hammer, <laughs> read by Alaska. Yeah. Call Out Culture Podcast. We'll be back after this. Pow. Check it out, man. Zilla Rocker here. Newest remix project from yours truly, a collection of all my favorite remixes I've done for rap homies far and near. Anything I Touch, I Bruise, Volume 3, Creators and Swindlers, available now at $3pistol.com. Name your own price. You can give me $10, $50, $0.09. I don't care. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Got joints on there from DJ Manipulator and Conway La Machina, the machine. Lush Life and Killer Mike, Griffin, Scorsese with Vic Spencer, Castro with Def C, Colossal, and Elusive. From exclusive joints, remixes from Cryptic One in Alaska, and Steel Tip Dove with Prem Rock. Unavailable anywhere else. And oh yeah, this joint is only on Bandcamp, meaning it's unavailable anywhere else either. So check it out. You could also grab the Ill Red Zilla Rock and Unisex hoodie. Or not, but you would look 89% flyer. This has been evaluated by scientists. I promise you. Check it out. Peace. All right, we are back. So, as I was saying, there was a, a quote from Ice T talking about Hammer. He was like one of the only rappers that defended him um, back when pretty much everybody was going at him. And his take was Hammer was always a pop rapper. He was always a rapper that made dance music, that made club music. 
So why am I going to hate him for doing what he always does? He's like, Wisdom. the people that I have problems Wisdom. with are the ones that came out as a conscious rapper or a hard rapper or, you know, this type of rapper or the B-boy that now is like the corporate shill. Those are the ones I have a problem with. Ooh. I have no problem with Hammer for doing what he's always done. Wow. And that's really what Hammer's always done. Like I was looking at his career and he's, his career is like literally like 10 years ahead of the time for everybody. He started selling shit out of his trunk, like doing doing shows in a club, selling music out of his trunk. Yeah, Oakland shit. He sold like yeah. I think like one hundred seventy thousand copies out of his trunk. Um, got oh. picked up by Capitol Records. Capitol Records then put that album out, put out the the album for uh, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him, which did pretty well. I don't know exactly how it did, but then you know he basically got that got the deal through Capitol. Uh, Please Hammer Don't Hurt Him came out. He got his own imprint where he put out like Oaktown 357 and a bunch oh, of other yeah. groups. Like he basically did everything that all the other artists did later on. Rockefeller. Right. Yeah. He was the first one doing like, I mean, he was doing giant stadium tours on his own. Like 144 wow. night world tours off of that album, made like Shh. probably $50 million off of that tour alone in 1990 money. You know, wow. like basically put on like his whole neighborhood to work. And then you cut, you chop like wow. 10, seven to 10 years later, and you got Puffy doing the same exact shit that he did. The same exact shit. His whole fucking first album was just taking 80s hits exactly. and reinterpolating them all, all day. The whole all thing. Day. And then. You know, he had the big dance. He even said it, take hits from the eighties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But make it sound so the crazy. He just the whole thing. Shit. You know, you had somebody like Percy you know, P here's... who went from selling out of his car <laughs> to having his own imprint to becoming like a fucking major mogul, putting people on. It was all the same shit. Hammer was the blueprint for everybody, and nobody wants to give him the props for that. Yo, here's the other quote. You ready for this? Mm -hmm. This is from Ice T on the album. OG original gangster. And this one Ice T is selling a lot of fucking records. Like early 90s Ice T. Yeah. He says on the album, a special shout out to my man MC Hammer. Yeah. A lot of people dish you, man, but they just jealous. Exactly. 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 The same way everyone dis Biggie. Everyone dis Biggie because he can make the hardcore grimy DJ premiere joint like them, but then he can make one more chance remix. He can make warning and the what with, with, with meth. Then he can make one uh, fucking big papa yep. and sell five to ten fucking million records. And these dudes were fingers crossed, praying to God to sell four hundred fifty thousand. You see what I'm saying? Yep. Like Big was doing your style better than you with the producer you wish you could touch back then, and then hitting a whole other lane of people that were buying that shit going crazy. It was just jealousy. You know what I mean? Bottom line, yeah, it's pure jealousy. And and fucking like I, I was thinking about hard knock life. Jesus hard knock life. That's a that's a quintessential hammer song. Like it's it, you take something really? that's an Go iconic on. cultural moment, like that Annie shit. That Annie shit is huge. Everybody in the world shit. knows it. Like I mean, I, I knew I saw Annie? Annie, but I didn't recall it. No, no, I saw the movie with fucking Alfred uh -oh. Finney and shit and Carol Burnett. Like when I was when I was really young. Yeah, and then one day I'm in the car, and the local Philly radio station played "Hard Knock Life" like three times in a row. Yeah, and then they kept saying Annie, like that, that's from the that's from Annie, and I was like, oh shit! When I first heard it, I was like, what the fuck is this? Because yeah. you just like never when, heard a song like that. When Castro and I were young, they had the commercial for Annie, the Broadway show, 
it was yep. basically that song. So it was like, if you're of a certain era, mm. you know that shit inside out. And, shit. you know, that's, I mean, Jay basically took that, knowing that that's going to touch that, that moment where it hits everybody. There's already that familiar entry point for people. Correct. And then that's all yeah. Hammer did. Spoonful of sugar. Jay's a better rapper than Hammer you know ever was, but, about? you know, it's still the yeah. same concept. All right, so peep this. So peep this. So when I interviewed um, Hank Shockley a couple years back for the Red Bull music, I always talk about that article and Red Bull, Shasta Red Bull. We did the, the oral history of New Jack Swing. And Hank Shockley was talking about Bell Biv DeVoe. And he, he brought up something very fascinating, which Hammer embodied unknowingly. Hank Shockley said, dudes from MCA Records came to him about Bell Biv DeVoe. But this, they weren't Bell Biv DeVoe yet. It was just the three guys left a new edition that hadn't done solo records. So Bobby took over the world. Ralph Tresvant had the sensitive joint. And then the other three dudes were sitting there with their arms folded, like, what the fuck are we going to do? So they started making songs. And they wanted to have like, you know, they wanted to be the anti Ralph Tresvant, you know what I mean? Like street edge, hip hop adjacent. So Hank Shockley was said they need to rap. And, and Kwame wrote the fucking rap in Poison, like on a napkin while they were about to go to a club. He told me that. In really? the too. Yeah. He just wrote, the, you know, Poison, Deadly, moving on. And so, like he just wrote that like, yo, here it is real quick. But Hank Shockley's point was that he said, if they're going to rap, they have to be like R&B rap, meaning they're not trying to compete with Cool G Rap and Kane and fucking Juice Crew and Rakim and LL Cool J as like <clears throat> real official rappers. But they need to have that swagger and confidence as a bridge in the song to give it the rap street edgy appeal to it. But they're not trying to be Grand Pooba, clearly. Mm-hmm. So they need to be like the self. He said this. So this is what this was. This was what New Jack Swing was, and this is like Drake's whole career. The genius of Poison and Belba DeVoe, New Jack Swing was you get the the rap feature within the R and B song, but it's in the group. Mm-hmm. So Biv or 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 Ronnie DeVoe is spitting that shit, but he's not spitting it like he's fucking rock him. Yeah. He's just doing it in the course of the song. So, like later on, like Bobby Brown started doing that shit on his solo records too, and then whatever. It's, it's so pretty much um, Will Smith's second generation of his career, right? Same thing. Will it's like right. So, him in the so Sh- Shockley's stuff. point, exactly. So Shockley's point was like New Jack Swing was to have the R&B song and the rap song instead of having the R&B song with the rap remix or the rap song with the R&B dude featured. It's a self-contained unit. It's all one thing. So Hammer didn't have like a ton of R&B, but he, like we said, he had fucking Prey and he said, have you mm-hmm. seen her? So he had the R&B shit mixed in with the rhyming, but the rhyming wasn't designed to be like, yo, I, I can snuff out Big Daddy King. I'm toe to toe with Ice Cube. That wasn't the point. Yeah. It's so like that was Hank Shockley's thing about like New Jack Swing. What are you say? Hammer did call all of them out though on, on the first record. So he it, did it, on... On uh, on the whatever and they, it is, like, they responded, right? Yeah, and they yeah. So he dissed like I think. But again, that, that that would be like Michael Bivens, like that'd be like Michael what Bivens. Did he say, did he say that by K-R-S. name? Or he was saying you know what I mean? He was saying, I can't remember that part. Was it by he name? Did say, or was he it like, said, um, what that was like before he, he blew though. That was way before he blew. Because yeah, LL, was, came, that's when LL started dissing him and Ice T and all that shit. It was pretty minor, but it was. LL came back at him. I know that part. 
Yeah. But I thought that was just LL was always LL was different everybody. No one never gave a fuck. In terms of his, his target. Oh, so he basically just said that um he was second to none from Dougie Fresh, LL Cool J, but or DJ Run. Got it. So you know, it wasn't like sure. you know he didn't call them bitches or anything like that. Just saying, like when we when we yeah. when the list is out there, I'm at the top. Yeah, of that he's list. like I'm on the list with these guys. I'm on the list. Yeah, but it, it's interesting that you bring up New Jack Swings. I was listening to Hammer's music, and and a lot of it has that vibe to it. Mm. Totally the production is very sort of like it has that same sort of like drum tempo. The fucking gated drum drums. Yep, yeah, that swing. That's, that's I just think of the horn flourishes. Yeah. Boys, yeah, that, that's New Jack Swing too. The little stabs, yeah, yeah. a little bit, yeah, a little bit. It's basically club music. I mean, yeah, he made sure. club music. Exactly. I, I remember uh, yeah, when he, he could have fucking... stayed. I mean, he couldn't have stayed on course, though, right? Like he just couldn't have. It was. It was no. like, well, so. All right. He why, why don't we talk about that? Because that, that's fascinating. Like you're saying, he okay. he fucked up. He fucked up. Okay. Here's what we can learn from Rick Ross. When 50 and Rick Frost, when 50 was clowning him, Officer Ricky, all that shit, yep. and pulling he up pictures of Rick Ross being a fucking correctional dude, what did Rick Ross do? He didn't try to double, double. This is where Ja Rule fucked up, and, and, Rick, and Rick Ross climbed the ladder. When when 50 won that Ja, Ja was like, what do you mean I ain't hard? He made that album, Blood in My Eye, where he made Blood a song like that. Yep. And he stopped, yep. he stopped doing no, all, all the, the duets. shit that made him yeah. run rap yeah. for three to four yeah. years. Grammy winning. He 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 basically right. He stopped doing songs with Shanti and J Lo and fucking Vita and Mary J Blige. He was like, oh, I need to see Fifty on his level. Mm-hmm. Fifty runs the streets. You're on fucking David Letterman, Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. You're you're in the clouds, bro. Yeah. Fuck Fifty Thanks, Cent. Yeah. He's a low level Queens dude at the time, right? So so years later, when Fifty started fucking with Rick Ross, what did Rick Ross do? Get even more extravagant. Yep. Cocaine Double fantasy down. rap. Didn't even didn't address. Like, yo, didn't I don't even, even care. Didn't even. He was just like, and yo, I was doing point, my dirt. I had that job. And at this point, Rick Ross, Freeway Ricky, was starting to like. Mm-hmm. Um, he was on the yes. scene questioning Rick Ross. The, uh, so it was like from both yeah. angles. One, correct. Them, them doxing him, and then two, actually, where yep. he got his name from, he was like coming at him. He didn't. He didn't blink. Yep. He looked. You're right. And you know what? Blink. Rick Ross started getting more hits, and Fifty started rescinding. Like yeah. going downwards, and Rick Ross started yeah. having his Meek Mill shit, BMF shit, Big Meat shit, all of them fucking albums he has with you know all the fucking Maybach music part five. You know what he was? Fifty Cent was a succubus, and because Rick Ross didn't go back for it, he <laughs> yeah. didn't give him the energy to suck from him to rejuvenate himself for his next his next little leap. Think about He's it. A troll. You nailed Think it. Think about that. He's, He's a, a troll. succubus. He did it to Fat Joe. People forgot he did yes. his fat joke. Y'all remember Blood in the Sand or something like that? Yeah, that whole Joe thing. Came, and Joe came back. Joe, like, Joe had a New York look, song. Check, um, wait, from wait, wait. New York. New Joe York. had just done that sh- the um the spring mm-hmm. break stuff with the um with the shirt off. No, I'm talking about mm-hmm. think about it. He did the shirt off, remember? Before the towel around. Yeah. And then titties, titties out. <laughs> right. Then 50 and him started doing that beef, blood in the sand, the little mixtapes or whatever. Then Fat Joe tried to come back at him. Stop doing all that stuff. You see what I'm saying? 50 was right. deliberately like a succubus, making you pull your plug from that, was pulling, giving you all that money, and then you're going to try to do little street songs, which 50 was actually better at doing than all of his opponents. Right. 
The yeah, only so dudes he, that caught him were the locks. The locks. Styles and Jada fucking annihilated him on mixtapes, yeah. but it was a mixtape. It wasn't like yeah. my next studio album on Interscope is trying to prove to these people that I am what 50 says I am. Then, then he wins. Yeah. You're doing what he wants you to do. Yeah. You're changing up your winning formula. And how Hammer Loss was, like, that first album, I mean, that well, not the first album, but that album hit so hard. Like, again, I'm a kid. He's in the fucking Adams Family sequel. I had a tape. They do what they want to do, say what they want to say, Adams Family. Like, he's that fucking dude selling a movie in the Taco Bell commercial and the Sprite yeah. and the fucking yep, cereal, like, big ass sequel. Yeah, yeah, it's right. And then he had the fucking yeah. he had the Hammerman cartoon, which I used to watch, cartoon. where he mm-hmm. was a fucking like, was for he like, was like a high school guidance counselor or some shit. And he had magic shoes, the and hammer he put the shoes on. He was still fucking dancing. He turned into yeah, hammer, hammer, hammer man. He was a, so it wasn't he just a cartoon. Hammer man. It's a superhero. So there's a superhero <laughs> angle to it. Hammer man, which had a doll. He turns into that's why I'm bringing it His up. Name was had a, he had a doll, right. and he had an action figure right. like um, for that cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, and I remember his character on the show was his real name, Stanley. Like this dude mm-hmm. was never afraid to give you access. Be like, yo, this is who I am. I'm fr- I remember you say, I was a bat boy for the Oakland A's. He was a bat boy for the A's. Yeah. And he picked the name yeah. Hammer. He no, they the name gave Hammer him the name Hammer. Hammer. Hank Aaron. Because they, oh, they, they thought that. he looked right. like a little uh, Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron. So the he, A's he are the used, ones like, that everything um, about him was official. The A's are the ones that gave him the seed money. He went in there yeah. and asked him for it. His, his seed money for his rap career. That's fire. The Oakland, he knew the Oakland A's management. He went in there. He pushed the table. He pushed a, cha- a, cha- a table That's and chair a little bit ways and showed him this dance move with the song he had attached to it. And he came, we walked out with a check. Yep. Yep. Damn, but to get, to get, get all his that. initial like, so, musical he did it, man. Yeah. He, went, he knew he had, he had cultivated a relationship with the Oakland A's and their upper management. He walked in there and sold it. You know? The only person that has a better well, story is Ice T. Bringing it back to Ice T, you know his story, right? Yep. About how he got his record deal. He he moved he moved like from New York to uh, to he moved out there right first. And he he like, showed up. He thing. showed up in the offices. They wanted him to come in, and they're like play us some stuff. He's like, no, you either believe in me or you don't. Oh, I love it. The, um, wow. the grenade conversation. Yeah. And they signed him on the spot. What? A I love it's the you. grenade conversation. He's like, when yeah. I have, if I have a grenade, I don't have to pull the pen to prove to you that I got this grenade. It's gonna blow up. You know, it's gonna blow up. So either yeah. you you pay me for my grenade or I keep it stuffing. That's what he said. <laughs> Yo, that's we we're, we're gonna do an ice tea episode soon. He's yeah, he he needs his own episode. Mega dude, oh, he's a shit. Yeah. I think what's but, but was, anyway, I I brought up that like fifty cent shit to say hammer fucked up because I remember later on I had like the tape for pumps and a bump when he tried to go hardcore with the fucking tretch hat from naughty by nature yeah. wearing a land of falcons jersey and like tim's black tim's on and shit black tim's baggy jeans break it down yeah. he had the skull he started wearing scullies and don't forget that he black had all the vest. scully he had the baldy yeah it was all like shirt. um it, was definitely, it came off as a costume it definitely came off as a costume because all right. of the and so the, the, the problem the problem is the, yeah yes yeah, I was go- yeah, yeah it was all going it wasn't like something he put in his closet he wouldn't even that, show them in his closet, like as far as like that wasn't the video that killed him, though. Well, what was the pumps in a bump one was the, the one that video. killed him. That's what I said. Oh, no, I think you're talking about Funky Headhunter, the other one where he was like, no, it's all good. No, I, said, that was the al- I thought that was the album. No, Funky no, Headhunter was the album. It's all good was the song where he was like, Tretch. It's all good. Then he had pumps in a bump. Yes. Yeah, pumps and bumps the speedo on and shit. Yeah. He still had the um the thug gear on. That's what I'm saying. He was dressed. 
So yes. that's what that, I, I didn't yeah. interject. But it wasn't like he went to the closet, he pulled out a vest and jeans, and he had the sequence thing in it. It was that was totally erased yeah. from the uh, from the look. Right. It and cool. it was all dark blue and, and blacks. So I remember that yeah. distinctly. There was no more color. Uh, he know, was wearing Atlanta Falcon shit. He was wearing all all yeah, Atlanta Falcon because yeah. like he was down with Deion Sanders. All black, black yep. Tim's, black red. Yeah, Deion Sanders. And so what's crazy about it though is that he, it was there was no natural. Okay, he went from being the only dude with them giant pants on sequence, motherfuckers of spandex behind him, like you said, with the cuts in his hair and the little curl on the back, to looking like a third rate naughty by nature. Yeah, and so just off top. Yeah. Just for your image, you went from being the number one guy looking like this to the seventh dude trying to hit like Tretch at the time. Yes. Very, the Scully yep, and the Baldy. Definitely looked like Tretch. I mean, yep. like you, but, you just put yourself in the back of the line. The interesting yep. thing is he was a lot more of that personality in real life than a lot of other people were. Right. Now, that's the he other was, part. He was, he was like, a wild dude. He was scary. Yeah. Don't run up on a hammer. And that was like, not a yeah, joke. Exactly. Don't run ask, up on a hammer. Their base. Not a joke. Yeah, he almost yep. got killed. They, in the they, mall. Came to, they almost, they yeah. almost they got, they came to blows, right? In the mall on site. No, he the put a hit on no, the, the dude told him. Oh, he put a hit right, on him, I and they, the dude yes. told him to, to his yeah. face. They told their, they told search to his face, like, "Oh man, it's a shame. I was about to kill you right now." Like meeting him at the mall doing a meet and greet. Yeah, yeah. Oh, like, oh, oh, I was supposed to kill you. Stop the hit. I do want to. I do want to put a caveat that that tale was told by search. So just think about that as we tell it. Like it's that was Pete didn't say that. Other people didn't say that. He search said this this part about the hit and anything yeah. that he says solely but without Red no Man cooperation. Also said it too. Who did? Redman said it. Redman. Okay, yeah, I'm just saying, I think, I'm just I think also said also when, when he touched down the bay. Yeah. Redman was said they stepped to him and he apologized profusely for dissing Hammer on fucking what the album just like just saying a line about Hammer. Oh yeah, that yeah. He yeah. got stepped yeah. to immediately. And immediately, Red no, I'm saying, I'm not saying, I'm no problems. I'm saying, I, I believe Red. The studio was high. No, I'm saying, I believe Red, but yeah. I'm just saying, when Search says something happened and only he yeah. said something happened, you, it, it's very hard for you to believe believe that. This is also the person, let's, let's remember, I want our listeners to know, that said that he wrote, um, he helped uh, Rock Him write No to Ledge. So, or some other, yes, yeah, you know, I don't, I don't, uh, no. yeah, look, that's look, what he said. No, Search Man. said he helped him write No to Ledge. He literally told he that's a story he runs with. Says he helped him. Yeah, he gave him a couple yes. of first couple of bars. That's what he said. Look up Red Man on DJ Flat <laughs> talking about the yeah. hammer when Hammer stepped to him. And Red Man is profusely being like, Yes, sir, Mr. Hammer, sir. I want no problems. It was just a line <laughs> I said. I was high in the studio. I didn't meet anything. It's totally cool. I got no issues with you whatsoever. And as for Red Man's like, don't fuck with Hammer. Don't do that shit. It's deadly. You know what I mean? And Red Man, there's no reason. And definitely don't try to roll up and world. roll around in Oakland like everything no. was all good. That, yeah. that was the thing. Talking you know? that shit. <laughs> Again, going back to third base, using <laughs> that tried and true formula of dissing somebody, but then were they ready for the consequences? Because when yeah. I looked at that little piece they did at the end of the video, I said, that's a little extra. Like they made an effort. Yeah. Made a, put a prop and everybody's beating up the prop. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not even in the lyrics. They were just doing it after the end of the song when the beat was rolling. Very interesting. All right. So we're we're at the 20 minute mark. Let's take a quick break. Right. Yeah. Let's take another quick break uh, and we'll come back. Come back and maybe wrap this up. Nihilist Millennial, the album from Cargo Colts, 
me and Alaska is available now exclusively on Bandcamp. We've been talking about it on the show. Played mad joints. We did a live from the liner notes. Digital available now at recordcrew.bandcamp.com. Alaska is doing probably the greatest rapping of his entire career on this record. I'm doing all the beats. Castro is the only guest along with myself. We got Cryptic One doing all the mastering. The Almighty Gang, aka King Vision Ultra, did all the packaging and design, which is insane. CDs are just about gone forever, but you can get the Digi t shirt, fucking necklace, and the hoodie all available now at wreckingcrew.bandcamp.com. We really appreciate your support for this record. This joint is booming and flying off the shelves, literally. I'm not just saying that to sell a record even harder. All right, Nihilus Manalia from being Alaska. They're all available. Call up cultural listeners, this is your boy Jason Griff, friend of the podcast. Just wanted to come through and let you know that I just dropped a new beat tape. It's called To Sample Only Water for 10 Days, and it's inspired by a John Frusciante album of a similar title. Hit up insubordinaterecords.com today and get yourself a digital copy. Use the discount code CALLOUTS and take an extra 15% off. So hit insubordinate records. Drop that discount code call out. Get yourself 15% off. And as always, long live Scorsese and fuck Jason Griff. And we are back. So, you know, we've talked a lot about him. What, what do you think, like, his impact is? Like, in your mind, like, is he an impactful figure? Do you think he's somebody that, like, you know, should, should have a better reputation and get more respect than he does? He's um what Zilla said. He was he they we put him on the cross. It was our fault. Like he's the one we sacrifice him, um, vilify him to, to you know climb up a couple of rungs on the hip hop ladder and then turn around and literally copy the man's entire formula. Mm-hmm. And he just happened to, to not and, and I'm not saying this is like happenstance, but he just wasn't good with his money in terms of that that entourage and paying all those people yeah. on that staff. You think about it, who who rolls with 40 people as a stage show? If he rolled with 10 people, he still would have millions, plural, right? Because that was just payroll he was paying a lot of these people. Um, he's, he still does, because now he's like a tech investor. Yeah, I mean, and yeah, a preacher. He came, came back around. But I'm just saying, like, just to get that first hit, especially with the, um, you know, selling so many of that record that one year. He said yeah. it. He said he literally made, like... 30 million that year and he got that 30 million like that was the payout or you know when everything was added up it was mm-hmm. 30 million at once so maybe if he didn't get that as much as once maybe if he you know went to selling five what if that first record sold five and then the next one sold five and then made up to 10 you know and that's that's a little different than 15 to, to say, say five is a failure like can you imagine them in that boardroom mm-hmm. Like, you know, everybody's pockets is swollen. His money's filling out. Like, what do you mean? Like, this is a failure. It's still 5 million units. 5 million but units. I guess it's, I just, I, again, I, um, ultimately, I just think, you know, when we look back on it, we put him on the cross because then we went and copied all, every little piece of his blueprint, the songs he was making, the spectacle he made him into, the videos, the, uh, the promotion, the promotional mm-hmm. deals you get now. Being in movies, uh, cameos, like now it's like, you know, what Shaq followed the Hammer Blueprint. Mm. Yeah. He did everything. He did everything Hammer did as far as entertainment that first year. 
you know, doing all these commercials and stuff, you know, not quote unquote corporate or whatever. Um, so yeah, I just think, um, unfortunately, you know, we did that to him and then we ended up copying his, his blueprint, but I, I still think he'll hold, he still holds, um, uh, I think he, he's solid in his stance where, in hip hop and his opposition. Yeah. I think so. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say he's, he's one of the more consequential figures in good, the history of the music. Very like, consequential. You know, everything that he did, he was the first to do it on that level. Mm-hmm. He, he, like you said, he set the blueprint for everybody else to follow. And it's unfortunate that a lot of times when we have like pioneers that like change the way that everything is done, we tend to like cast them aside for the shiny new object or, you know, whoever comes to, to fill in their space. But I think he deserves a lot more respect than he gets in general, both, both within our society and within, within the music. You know, I think he's, he's often seen as a punchline. But he got um, the two hitter. He, he became um, a punchline, not just for the industry as like a pop artist. He became our punchline. So that yeah. was like, that's, that's two hits. You know what I'm saying? We knew that yeah. that luster was going to die down right. as far as the general public fucking with him but the fact that we didn't fuck with him that was yeah. the two hitter you know what i'm saying yeah yes so i i think, I, he, was, I, I think he was um i think you're right he, he was too future for people back then yeah because it was it was still outside of like run dmc and i mean what year was walk this way like 80 88 86, i remember 88 i'm thinking 88 yeah, like maybe so like the, well. the, I don't think it was because I think it was I think it was before eighty eight, wasn't it? I think it was eighty before that. What what is it looking like? Because I, I remember that being a process. Because eighty eight is like if that's only a single, like they were running it for like it was eighty six. Yeah, it was eighty six. Eighty six. But maybe okay, maybe so, it so, drifted so into eighty seven because it was running for like a year. Like I remember they would push, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah like yeah. back then. So think about this: before Hammer and Vanilla Ice, you had Run DMC and Beastie Boys. Yeah. They're like the only two huge crossover rap acts. Curtis Blow. But they were like authentically. Yeah. He wasn't on a level of Beastie Boys or Ron. But, but you but know he who was? Getting, but he was getting the commercial. The boys. So I'm just saying. Fat Boy. I'm just talking fat about boys. the crossover, wow. like seeing them yeah. in different mediums. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, they had that cruising song with Chubby Checker or the twist with Chubby Checker. The twist yep. joint. They had the Freddy Krueger shit. Yeah. 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 So like you had the Fat Boys, Run yeah. DMC, and Beastie Boys. I mean, Beastie Boys were gigantic. Yeah, but they were and, all and, and authentically and New York. Yeah, Jeff and Will, but not till later. I, I wouldn't say by. They I don't think like, in '88 they were. I don't think they were no. in '88. I don't think Gotta so. look it up. They weren't selling records like the Beasties and Run. Run DMC. When did I just don't understand. Understand came out in '88. That was a huge record. Okay. Now they didn't win a Grammy. But it wasn't to me. They, it was a fucking one, Raising Hell and Licensed Ill. When they win the and Grammy? Like those albums. They won the Grammy, um, I don't know. By that year, 89? 89? But they, but they boycotted that shit. Yeah. I thought it was 90. I thought it was early Whatever. 90. Oh, what, 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 I'm just saying that, like, I'm saying that, like, what I'm getting at is why were all of those people acceptable, but Hammer and Vanilla Ice weren't? And what I'm thinking is potentially is that. Jeff was unbelievably respected as like one of the best yeah. DJs in the world and the Philly shit. 
And Will Smith was doing like, I think I, I can beat Mike Tyson, Nightmare on My Street, Parents System. Same thing, like happy go lucky rap, but not trying to be more than what he was. And he could sell maybe a little bit more than Kane yeah. or, or KRS, but not like 30 times more the, more records. You know what I mean? Same thing with like Run Run DMC, Fat Boys, Beasties. They were like, they were like tried and true New York motherfuckers, whether you liked them or not. Like they have credibility mm-hmm. like they they are from that that lane when you get to hammer it's like okay. he's west coast so new york can't claim him right he's dancing better than you yeah. new york can't claim that he's styling on you with the hair the leather the fucking chains the glasses the haircut like you said so he looks incredible like he's not on some comic-y bullshit and because he just sold 30 times more than his next closest competitor that was like a no-go and then you have vanilla ice hit like right at the same time but because he's white i, I will I'd, I'd be curious to see what he sold for that album to the extreme he, he probably did, did pretty he well probably did like 12 million i think yeah probably i was gonna say he was, he was upwards of, up like eight nine 12, 10 11 he has but i mean done. it was also um <clears throat> it also bringing this up just bringing it back full circle the commercialization of it that was such so taboo it seemed like because yeah. these were the these these right. were the groups that were getting the commercial spots. These were the groups that were getting the um right. the sponsorships, the, um, getting called to the um when they're over in the West Coast, they're throwing out the first pitch at the games and they're making yeah, right. up, um, appearances and stuff. And they would start getting all those looks. Run DMC's they would be the same but, shit. But it disappeared to the way it got to the first the hammer and, and vanilla ice were doing. Now it's like, all right, we gotta vilify this. They're going too far. Yeah. And we were, we were ready for that. Million. Fifteen. So many albums in such a short look time. How many, though, how many copies? Yeah. Right. Look, but look up how many copies "License the Ill" sold. "License the Ill" had to have gone diamond. There's no way that album is not diamond. I'm just saying that it's not like "License the Ill" or "Raising Hell" sold four hundred thousand, and Hammer did fifteen million. Yeah. Raising Hell and License the Ill did like five to ten million. It wasn't like they were no I mean, Eventually. You see what I'm saying? Eventually, though. I think there was a, you know, they, they yeah, I agree. It's, with just, they, it's just weird. Yeah, it's it's just, one, it's just it wasn't in one year. Like, who knows? I, yeah, I don't know the time. I'm just saying, it's just weird to think that like Run DMC are the underdogs, they're the scrappy underdogs next to Hammer. Run DMC were well, that was selling out arena, like that was arenas. In, in, that, well, that was inclusion. That was inclusion. Like, Z, what do I tell you? Right. I only have one type of artist that I like at a time, and Run DMC had the slot, so they didn't really, you know, True. public didn't want too many more. Like, we're not going to give you four hip hop slots. You got your one slot. Run DMC and them are bringing in True. Beastie Boys, but not might need that. And that's all y'all yeah. get. You know what I mean? Like, that's all you you're get. Not you're, getting right, another one. you're right. It's limited. Yeah. It's limited. Yeah, it, it's like more scarce. I just think it's yeah. like, I think, I think Hammer. I think when he blew the fuck up, and then it became a like you said, like 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 getting like like a like an honor badge as like a Boy Scout or some shit to like yeah. step on shit yeah. on Hammer and Vanilla Ice, yeah. like dude, dude Eminem Eminem on his first album or his second Slim Shady LP, he disses Vanilla Ice. Yeah, that's nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, where he said we're like I went on stage and r- ripped out Vanilla Ice's blonde dreads. Like so he we're shit like, on Vanilla yeah, Ice. Did, nine years, did Eminem nine ever years go five. after anybody of like? Like with nah. a reputation that he had to worry about. Um, no, I would have reputation he had no, to worry about. Ben, no. ben Zeno was like the highest level MC that, yeah. he, that he made a first jab at. 
That's all I'm saying. Unless he has some yeah. subliminals on a Slim no, Shady like, LP. No. See? Unless he has some subliminals. He never wanted he 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 always punched down. Yeah. He always punched down. Like Every Cage could Cage couldn't see him back then. Like it, lyrically, Cage. But but Cage, like Cage. The funny thing is when Eminem released when when the Cage stuff got traction because them joints was released before they got traction. Eminem was already more popular than Cage. Yeah, that's when people started Correct. pulling them up. But I think when they opened like, it when when, when Cage dropped his him? shit and then it didn't work. When evidence oh, dissed um, him, wait, he didn't or, say um, shit. Evidence did a whole song. Right. Oh, no, Eminem, right, right. Eminem didn't say shit. He didn't say shit. Yeah. But then he and Everlast, Everlast went back and forth because Everlast was like an easy target because he was he was on a he was on a Santana album, and you know what he did Everlast was Eminem like came to Everlast run. first, and then e- then Everlast hit him second. Like Everlast, Everlast yeah. hit him second. Yeah, and then and yeah. then he came back and started shit on him. Did a whole he did a whole song in Everlast's style, saying like I I wish you died and all this wild shit. But like oh, again, wow. Everlast was like pop at that time. At that time, yeah. Like he he was yeah. on rock radio heavy, you know what I mean? But like, yeah. I just anyway go back to Hammer. I just think, I just think it's a like you said, it's a, it's a weird line of like, okay, yeah, you can sell five to ten million as the Beasties and Run DMC and Fat Boys or whoever, but you can't be selling fifteen. Oh, but now, wait, don't don't if, forget if my this mom he... and my sister knows who you are. You're out. Don't forget the real hip hop. We we just crawl out of that hole. The authentic, you know, mm-hmm. whether it was what you was rocking and stuff, the authenticity, right? You remember that? Like, you know, I, I remember my beat going. You know what's weird too? Or authenticity yeah. battle. Yeah, but you know what's weird? I'm yeah, but what I'm thinking about this also, the timelines. So if, if Hammer Don't Hurt Him hits in ninety and it runs the planet for a year or two, when the chronic hits in ninety two, the chronic's a giant yeah. album. Well the chronic right. supplanted all of that. And then doggy right. style hits. Yeah. Right, then doggy style hits, giant record. I'm talking but like the, five to ten million. But but these you know, aren't also, polished. Hey, mom, listening to this music, you know that type of. This is not Bieber stuff. Bieber yeah, yeah, it's, it's, all it's like, not for your mom. Well, it's not. Yeah, right. Well, those those records put a put an end to anything like because you got to think there was also like there's people like Tone Loke before that, right? Oh, right. Yeah, and wow. and again taking that young the MC, formula of doing MC. like, um, or or sort of makes a lot like. Two two rock songs that he just basically covered, ripped off straight. Um, young right. MC, who is Young MC, is a really dope rapper. People sleep on Young Busta, Young Busta MC because he was shit. happy go lucky. Busta move is that shit. But yes, he, they came out at the wrong time. They came out right as everything was switching. And I think Hammer was right. a victim of that too. Like he, you know, he, like we said earlier, he tried to adapt to the new norm, and the new norm wasn't him. It was, and I remember it was, watching it was something they were saying the people wouldn't, they weren't going, they weren't buying it. Not no. for anything against him or anything like that, but they weren't buying it. Like, you know, you got sc- you have a scully on, and you usually pray to make it today. That's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> nah, <laughs> it's a, it's like a, he was doing like too legit to quit video with fucking like Jose Caseco and Kirby Puckett and all them, and then he's dressed like Tretch and Deion Sanders two years later. It's like, nah, bro. But I mean, he you were dead on rockers that runs arenas. He definitely had a Tretch so, suit on. Like he was wearing yeah. a Tretch costume. Yeah. Everything he was wearing was exactly was a what Tretch. Halloween joint. Yeah. 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 It was, yeah. Go to Halloween spirits. Go to and Halloween spirits. Tretch is in the Tretch costume. Tretch is in Jersey. And you're in LA wearing right. all that yeah. stuff in front of the pool. No. In the bay. No, you're in the bay. Like that's <laughs> yeah. not even, it's hot. You're not it's even hot. near that shit. You're fucking five hours north. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's just it, it was a shame watching him. It's just amazing that Rick Ross is the only dude who ever won a, a beef like that. 
where someone's like, you have no credibility. And he was like, what is credibility? I don't give a fuck. Here's 20 more hit records. Yeah. I don't care. And now I, I have never a, stop what a, you're a, doing. Now I have a grill and a pool in the back of the Cadillac. Like now it's even, you know, I pet dolphins now. Like he, he arrives, he said he, he went deeper. Deep, he stop. went even deeper. He just never stopped. Yeah. And he's not even as prominent as he was six, seven years ago in terms of like cultural impact. and But he never had like the serious break oh. from his hits and shifted his whole shit into a losing strategy like Ja Rule had and Hammer and all these fucking guys. Quick trivia. Um, uh, coming to America, the, the Zamunda scenes were done at Rick Ross's mansion. That's his grip. <laughs> Yeah, in, in the new the new coming to America. Yes, in the new coming to America. Any yes. of the scenes up there in the castle and Zamunda, the big staircase and all that stuff, it's Rick Ross's house. And I remember looking, I That's I looked up the incredible. aerial photos because I, I watched Coming to America and I, I enjoyed it for what it was. But I was like, wait a minute, that's his house, and I. You know, it looked like a set. Like you can't tell me that's not a. Yo, they built a set. <laughs> the, the, the big one. We if y'all watch any clips. Even if you haven't watched it yet, the big winding stairwells, the backyard stuff, all that stuff. That's his crib. Bro. That's Rick Ross's house. That they, they transmuted into Bro. the palace of Zamunda. Like that's, and yeah, it's funny shout, because shout I was watching to, uh, uh, to, a surprise. Because I, I was watching this camera. No, thing. Say real quick, just just go ahead. Okay, that was, I was watching the camera thing hammer. Brian, Brian Ennels. Well, uh, real quick, let me just say, I'll, I'll, you talk the hammer thing. Shouts to Brian, who was on the show a couple weeks back. And Ryan Ennell said he was he was with his man, and he said he saw a Rick Ross interview where a dude said, I was smoking weed with Bruce Willis. And his man was like, yo, if, he, if that guy just keeps talking shit like that, like, he'll fucking rule the world. That was before he started making those type of records. And then he just kept doing it, and he just, and now his crib is in Coming to America, too. Anyway, go on. That's what I'm saying. Shouts to Brian Ennell. Smoking weed with Bruce Willis. Um, Hammer had that big white house he constructed on the top of the hill. Yeah. So like, you know, yes. like, I mean, he had to give that up. Yeah, but he, ugh. Shit. <laughs> you think, you said, y'all see what we were saying? Like, all of these DNA splashes are all over rap and hip-hop now. All over. Yeah. And we Think about this. Think about this. Here's a piece we forgot to mention. Everything he did, taking care of his entourage every month, Nipsey Hussle did that. Oh yeah, Nipsey also did the yeah. same thing. Oh yeah, Nipsey hiring his men, exact same thing. Hiring his people yep. right out. Everybody had a job. Yep. everyone had a job. Yep. Except Nip- Nipsey just didn't have like the 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 bandwidth of time to see where that would end up at some point. Sadly, because he got killed. But like he was like, "Yo, you're around me. I'm I'm gonna put you on the papers. I'm, I'm gonna give you a W two. Here's a, here's some money. You work for me. That's your." I job. think Arsenio said a a quick story about. Um, one of the guys just used to stand on stage. He couldn't really dance. He was stand on stage because Hammer said, "No, you come in here. You working for me? I, I, you make this much money by standing on stage. What do you do? I stand right here during the set and wearing this. And, it, and, and they, you know, Hammer literally was scooping. You know, they went on the road. They had yeah. a pride. They he had yeah. said they leased a seven fifty seven. They had a seven fifty seven. They leased. That's how he yeah. would move around. They weren't. She wasn't doing tour buses like John Madden. This guy yeah. had his own plane. My God. When you're playing 144 dates in one year, you're playing every city in the world. And then they went international because he went he's over to probably Brisbane. Getting, he's probably getting <laughs> yes. Back then, and, and he back then he was probably getting at least fifty thousand a show. I was gonna say that tour, grand. according to Wikipedia, 90? that tour he he pulled in thirty-five point four million. 
Yeah. In 1990. Oh, my God. Yo, he was getting He's... robbed. He had some shitty-ass contract and lawyers. Everyone was just robbing him. There's no way you can burn through $35 million that quick. And I know, he was doing stadium, right? Like, he was broke right? in, like, yeah. five years. That's what I'm saying. Well, eight. About eight like, years. Like that, eight that's, years that's the biggest call. lick. That's the biggest lick, bro. 35 M's in one one tour. One tour? That's fucking U2 Rolling was, Stone numbers. Yeah. Springsteen numbers. Yeah. Paul McCartney numbers. You know what I mean? And he was doing that in 90. So he had he had some fucked up contracts. People just skimming off the top, like killing him. He didn't know because he was just paying for all these people. Like it, so, so in today's saying, money, you, you he can't made pay your seventy million dollars on that tour. Damn. In God. today's dollars. Yo, some yo, of the some, yo, like he said it. Some of the backup dancers got thirty thousand a year to go on tour with him. Yeah, but he, that yeah. was their salary. But that's but, a lot if you add it. But up, he was 30. he was making. But he's but he, you can pay a hundred of them making thirty thousand. That doesn't put a fucking dent in thirty five million. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. He had somebody fucking him on the inside. Oh yeah, but it also they like they weren't paying killed. taxes. And that's killed. really what got. Them. It was the oh, tax, yeah. tax yeah. evasion shit. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, because right, right off top, he's got he's got to pay like fifteen off top. It's like 10, 15, I was gonna say yeah, yeah. but he even 10, said 15 it like off top you know, taxes. Even though you you got that much, you're paying like half of it taxes. Yeah, and when is the last time he said it? This is the biggest amount he got at one time. Like this yeah. is even different than getting one million this year and two next. He said he got the twenty, like twenty M's, like right then, like here, you know. And so oh it was, God. it was like a little overwhelming to get all at once. It, think about it. Even if they split into yeah. four or five million yeah. payments, that's different. That's a difference. It just is. Yo, so. yo, think about this. Think about this. Kanye said it on um on the Joe Rogan podcast before he was fucking with Kim. He was like thirty million in debt. Thirty to fifty mm-hmm. million in debt. All right. While he was the biggest yep. dude. So yeah. if he could yep. carry that debt all those years while being the biggest dude, getting Nike deal and then Adidas deal, Clone the Dark Tour, all these fucking albums, he's carrying debt. Bro. <laughs> Again, Hammer was too future. He was carrying that debt. Too. Yep. Kanye was carrying debt. Hammer was carrying debt. Except he was carrying debt in like 97. Remember, remember he tried to come back with Death Row? Remember that shit? That was right around oh, time God, when Pac got killed. Was they that with Left Eye and Death Row too? Was that the weird yeah, thing? He was on death yeah, like Nina, 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 whatever name, Nina Bless or whatever Ross. her name was going to be. Nina Ross. Nina Ross. Yeah, Nina wrong? Ross. Yeah. Nina Ross. The new yeah. Rose. I mean, Crooked Eye, Crooked Eye, Hammer. Yep. Nina Ross. And Left Eye. Um, probably Dog Pound. Left. No, you don't remember Left Eye. Left Eye was yeah, in there. She was going to be Nina Ross. Yeah. So did you know that Hammer had beef with Jay Z? Yes, because oh. Jay Destin. Yeah, he put out a, a on four four four. Jay Destin. He put out a uh, a song. No, this was like in twenty ten. That was before four four four. Oh, where did he? He put out a song called "Better Run Run," because um, I guess Jay said something about his his finances. Hammer went broke, so you know. Yeah, he said something like focus lost thirty mil. Yeah. Uh, I spent another thirty because unlike Hammer's thirty million, you can't hurt me. Um, and Hammer basically made a yes. video where he he basically said that Jay was in league. That's on Blueprint Three. Wait, he and, made like a confessional wow. video, like he wasn't rapping, like he was just no, no, no. He made a music video. He made a song called uh, "Better Run Run," and in the music video, he the music the song was basically about how Jay was in league with Satan, and the music video was him taking Jay, sure. kidnapping him, and baptizing him. Oh. <laughs> 
sure. Who's playing Jay? Yeah, because he. I'm pretty sure it's either on it's either on Blueprint three or Watch the Throne. It's on one. It's I on think it's Watch the Throne. I think it's on Watch the Throne. It's on Watch the Throne. Oh wow! I totally even, even when he said that, called, it's a track called So Appalled. Now that that that's on that's on dark fantasy. That's on dark fantasy. I'm so appalled, spalled in balls. Down the, yeah, that's, that's the RZA joint. That's the RZA song. Yeah, that's the Jill Bear for shit is fucking ridiculous. The shit is fucking ridiculous. That's the Jill Bear Forte song. Stop, that's what got stop. him into the don't, game. Don't, nah. With that, I'm, that's I'm the so appalled freestyle. No, excuse you. That, that's that's excuse the side. Jill, Bear, Jill Bear has the keep best it, version of that it, song. Yo, and you know, nah, 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 nah. Sahara you know Prince says, "Keep a Trojan in my pocket." Matt Leinard, uh, did that did with the Pathfinder. That shit was fire. I don't care what he says. He said, "Keep a Trojan <laughs> in the pocket." Matt Leinard, uh, so Prince. This, this guy that Z yeah. was like supporting back then. This guy was a total. And then that was no, no, no. Was I just like that one line. And then the fucking there's the Pusha T line where Pusha T says. Kilos came, they gave you Bobby Brown jaw. He says it on that joint. On so and so Saha the Prince was popping up on those good, good singles, those good music singles that would drop. He would like have a verse here and there. That and everybody was like, oh, he's next. He's yeah, trash. Like, oh, no, I mean, I'm gonna peep his mixtape. Any of his albums. But he, he got to write. He was ghostwriting for a good music for was, like 15 yeah, years. Yeah, yeah. yeah for like yeah, a long he, time. He got to ghostwriting for them. Yeah, keep a Trojan in my pocket. Matt Liner. Yeah. See, that's it with the Pathfinder. That's just. Oh, funny. God. Please. I don't care what he says. There's no Lord have mercy. Like like All right. I'll just say, yo, to, 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 to close it out, you know, salute Hammer. Don't run up on yeah. Hammer. It's not a joke. Like, people say that, but actually, it's not a joke. I think he knows, um, you know Bushido or something like that. Seriously, like I think he's a yeah. jiu-jitsu guy. <laughs> get you in a in a he get you in a crab lock. You in a yeah. growl or something like that. I mean, yeah. yo, a dude that can dance like that for that long. Oh, most definitely, yes, most definitely. He's in amazing shape and will kick your ass because none of us are in as good shape as him. You know, he could do a kickflip right on him from off his back without using. His oh yeah, he could yeah. kick himself into a stance. Oh yeah, come on, motherfucker. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, like, yeah, be he, careful. He's, he's like Jean Claude Van Damme, time cop level. Or like Tony Yaw will get your arm into like this weird twisting arm bar and he's holding you with one, two fingers and you're all bent up. He could definitely (laughs) definitely step to all the fucking vice principals and movies that played a badass and just smack the shit out of that. Oh, yeah. Tom Barrow. All right. You can't can't hang with Hammer. We might have a new Patreon level. We might have a Hammer level on the Patreon. We'll work on it. I think we, we actually just found our next vanity project, making the principal four starring Hammer. Oh man, we got, I got to talk. You just, I got to talk. He tries to, to like preach to you, and then he just starts whooping your ass. I got to talk yeah. to Landis. Yeah, this is my one Landis. favor. I got to call. I got to call Landis. This is my one favor. Get him on the we line. We might do it. Principal four. Two, three, four. Culture audience members, uh, new update on my album Midnight Suns with Sean Wizard. We have sold out of the first print of vinyl, the second variation with the new artwork and the new gray and black splatter. Wax is available, very limited quantities. We also have the second pressing of the cassette with the new variant artwork, the second pressing of the CD, the new green highlighted artwork, and then the wool hand stitch hats from the good folks at Ebbetsfield Flannels, my favorite. Retro baseball clothing company for many years because I'm a quasi boomer. Uh, those are available as well. You buy the house, you also get the variant CD thrown in as well for free. How do you like them? Now? So go to childwizard.bandcamp.com. Thank you if you've already supported Midnight Sounds. It's my biggest record of all time, 
and I've been at this a long time, so thank you so much. Definitely it'll be Patreon. I don't know if we're gonna keep that on the show, but that that'll be a wild Patreon. John Landis, Shaq the Cop. It'll be extra wild shit. So if you're on the regular yeah, listening, you may you may you may hurt you might miss a, a, a nice ten minute chunk just talking about wild nut shit we just wanna discuss. And uh, I said, yeah, be a Patreon subscriber, man. We just had our Patreon demo session. We had our our Patreon patrons. Got to hear all exclusive shit from me, Castro, uh, Alaska. Songs I never even heard from these fucking guys. I heard new shrapnel shit. I heard new Griffin, Alaska. It was fire. And uh, everybody got to have a good time. We did it for like two hours the other night. It was a blast. So, yeah, if you're a Patreon patron, if you want to sign up, you do the fucking Tom Berenger shit. You could do the, the Shack Ride Shotgun with a le- laptop level. That might be, <laughs> that might be a new level. Something. Nah, we it's ain't even level after <laughs> Might be $12. It's, it's, it's fuck 12. <laughs> fuck yeah. 12. Fuck $12. No, it's going to be it's gonna be $5 because like, fuck 5 That Shack is 5 He can go back uh, that that's far. Okay. And let's make let's make it fifty dollars. That's a fifty dollar level. Fifty dollars, fifty dollars. Fifty dollars. We got to. We got to make a piece of merch for that or something like that. Fuck, fuck fifty. Yeah, five. All right. And um, in the last level, that's our highest. We have, but wait, we have our twenty dollar level, which is the uh. That's the Jim Belushi and Lou Gossett level. And Lou Gossett level. Yeah. Yo, did you guys see that Jim Belushi is like a crazy weed farmer? Yeah, that's what he does now. Yeah, yeah, because uh, he said, like you said, he said, if marijuana was around, my, my brother would still be alive. Yeah, you know I mean, it's, it's about therapeutics and shit. It's probably <laughs> not. It's, it's not like there wasn't marijuana in the seventies. Like well, your brother, brother was on every yeah, drug, every drug. Your brother, yeah. right? It was the, marijuana was like four steps below where your brother ended yeah. up, being, unfortunately. I mean, he was, on, he was on, he was like coke to fuck it out. He was big coke dude, yeah, big coke dude. But yeah, yeah, he he got some some some. But no, I bet you he free. I bet you he started free Pretty sure, guarantee you started free basing, especially yeah. back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because if the coke ain't doing for you, you'll kick right into free basing. You're trying yeah. to get that next Shouts one, yeah. But you don't want to go to crack. But you'll go to the free basing. Nah, this is pre-crack. This is pre-crack. This crack wasn't even. Out That's yet. what I'm saying. But people were still basing, which was cooking died. their coke, which was cooking yeah, their cocaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was yeah. definitely he was definitely free basing. Him and Chevy Chase. Yeah. In a fucking in oh, a Chase. case and shit. Thirty Chase rock. is a fucking uh, ski the ski made a ski mask way. Chevy Chase is a ski mask <laughs> way, boy. Ski mask way. He has no that's cartilage a, in his nose. That joint is just gonna rub up tip, yo. No <laughs> cartilage. Trust me. <laughs> He's like fucking. Right. What's the name? Shasta. Um, Pooh Bear. Fucking Vincent D'Onofrio in the movie The Salt and Sea. You ever see that shit? Yeah, yep. Pooh Bear because he sniffed enough coke to cut his nose off and shit. Movies <laughs> of shit. I saw that DVD. Val Kilmer, Vincent D'Onofrio. Highly recommend the Salt and Sea. Slept on DVD from like '03. Shouts Very good coke right, culture. So, so I just saw this, back. this tweet real quick. Piers Morgan breaks his silence after controversial Meghan Markle comments. He made them, those comments like yesterday. He's been yeah, silent wait. for like 14 hours. He hasn't been silent. Because they interviewed him after and he said, if anybody yeah. could have an opinion, and he definitely, yo, first of all, so check it out. The thing, we'll, and we'll get out of here. So yeah. what happened to him was something they started coining a phrase called, I got lunched. Meaning where girls go and sit down with men and have a business lunch, they think, where they mm-hmm. just go over things and talk about work. Meanwhile, the man is having a date in his head. So this is what happened with Pierce Morgan. They sat down yeah, and had a meal and she left and, and he lunched her because he was married at the time, thinking that they were having ah. some almost intimate 
connection. He said, we had a couple of pints. He says this. We had a couple of pints. We got on very well. That's what, you know, the guys out there say. We got on, we got on very well. Got she took a ride yeah. and went to another, um, went to another event. At the other event, she met Prince Harry. So, like, he Word. thinks in his mind that he was, like, close. The one that got away. And that's wow. why he's so mad at her. That's why he, that's why he talks about her like that. He amazing. even said it yesterday. He said, I don't believe one word that comes out of her mouth. He said, I don't believe one word that comes out of her mouth. Like, she's just the grifter and she's just lying every every moment she speaks and you got ghosted homie on something that you you were in your head because it wasn't even your feelings it's two different things to be in your feelings and in your head you were in your head you imagine a whole glass menagerie but she was just having a lunch dinner with this old fogey that i work with and now look at you she's defiling the queen (laughs) go on suck your mother pierce Fuck out of here, yo. <laughs> Can you imagine being that dude? How pathetic that existence is. But he been chopping her for years. Like oh, he's no. been cho- they, oh, look at the lapel she's wearing. It only has three pink petals instead of four. How how morose. Like get the fuck out of here. <laughs> he's so but he's so hurt though. You know, y'all know that hurt. You know, I mean, oh, we yeah. keep it to ourselves, but he is he's putting it on front street. That hurt. I wish that bitch would fall into a manhole. Yeah, we real weird with that guy. That is the opposite of it. But yeah, that's, yeah, no, that's he's, I think he's totally cool. a normal guy. <laughs> he's just a normal guy. He got faded by a pretty girl. Oh man. Jesus if Christ. it was high school, he 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 asked her and she said, Oh, I don't think of us like that. And he said, Oh, cool. I'll meet you there. Oh, and he's been like dying to go back to the reunion for 30 years. But yeah, we can put that on the Patreon. All right. <clears throat> Close out oh, about man. him. Salute. To the soldier hammer, uh-huh. don't run up on him. Don't act like you didn't know, and yeah. give him his flowers. Then he started a lot of things that are like actually like almost social norm right now. Yeah. Hammer was the future. That's our, that's our conclusion, right? The hammer. We're not here without hammer. He was too. Yep. He was too future. He was too future for yeah. the world in in the nineties. Props to hammer. Shout out to hammer. Props to hammer. Call out culture. Call out culture. Don't Follow cold. us on Twitter, call out cult pod, all our cultists, and um check out our music. We got Patreon. more Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. And subscribe, rate, and leave comments and all that good shit. Yeah, leave some new comments, man. The comment has been dried up since November. What the fuck, man? Yeah, man. Yo, but, talk that shit. All that people shit coming out of their COVID cave. Yeah, mm-hmm. coming out your COVID cave and yeah. a little more social. Come on. We want to hear from you. On ice on reviews. That would be nice. Boom. Later. Peace. all over my chest. I don't think enough. I just press hard. Did I ever did before? Going for the deal that I have in store in my mind. I know that I'm